Guess what, everyone? It's season two. Thank you so much for being part of the Spillet journey with me and tuning in to the Spillet podcast. Spillet is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire people, and everybody should be learning something new. Spillet is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm over on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Viewers are able to be part of the conversation by joining in and leaving comments as part of the live streams. For more information on Spillet, to find the links for the live shows, find upcoming episodes and guests to be part of the show, or to support me by joining the official Spillet Patreon or get yourself some merch, head over to the Spillet website at www.spillit.uk. It's a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share some inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire others, and help people learn something new. This episode is no different. This is episode 68, Things That Go Bump in the Night, and Megan Reynolds will be joining us at 7.10pm, so make sure that you stay tuned for that. If you haven't checked out the other episodes yet, then you can do. All you ever have to do is head over to the Spillit website at www.spillit.uk, and you'll be able to find all of the episodes over there on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. You will see all of those. You will see all of those episodes in action. And also there are links to the podcast as well, whether that be on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Amazon Podcasts or Spotify, wherever wherever you listen to podcasts, I'm over on there. All you have to do is head over to the Spiller website. You'll be able to click the links, find your favorite podcast streaming service, click on me. Are you ready? for a little bit of tea. I'm ready. I love it. It's my favorite part of the show. It's tea time. That's right. Tea time is my favorite part of the show. This is a little section that I have got where I get to spill my tea on shit, essentially. <laughs> So I get to find things that, you know, I, I, I've seen on, on social media, making the rounds, or I've, you know, researched it on the interweb, or just, you know, little things that I just want to, I just want to talk about, essentially. It's mine. It's my time. It's my time. Because my guest has 45 minutes to an hour. I get little, I get 10 minutes. That's all I get. <laughs> um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about this in general, because it's kind of fitting with what we're talking about today. So we're talking about things that go bump in the night, not necessarily things that actually go bump in the night, but we're talking about scare acting and talking about the scariness of Halloween because it's spooky season. It's spooky season. It's my favorite part. It's my favorite part of the year. But yeah, so spooky season is upon us. And this year there is a costume, a particular set of costumes or a particular bundle of costumes that appears to be the most favorited of costumes or the most wanted costumes and it seems that everybody has been jumping on this bandwagon as well does anybody have an idea of what that costume may be well i'll tell you it's the netflix show that has been uh, making its rounds called the squid game so the squid game has been netflix number one for a while it's literally just come off uh, netflix number one because of you season four i believe i don't know i don't really know i don't really follow it oh i think it's uh, i think it's you season four but anyway uh, it's it's been it's just been dethroned but the squid game has been one of the most popular series uh on netflix this year and Coming from Korea, for anybody that doesn't know where, what Squid Game is is or is about, it's essentially a Korean film that these adults who are playing for a, a very high amount of money, it's like four four hundred and fifty six billion won um, in so Korean money. And what happens is that they play 
these games from their childhood. And instead of like, you know, oh, you're out, they get actually eliminated. And what eliminated means is that they get killed. <laughs> but to be fair, it's a really, really, really good series. I, I was hooked straight away. I, I've watched every episode. I'm looking forward to season two, if and when that happens. But yeah, so because of the popularity of the Squid Game, it seems like everybody's got Squid Game fever and everybody is ordering or buying or trying to search for Squid Game costumes, including, look at this. I absolutely love this. So if anybody has seen Squid Game, you'll you'll know, you'll recognize this straight away. <laughs> but look at this. And for anybody who is um who is listening to this, I've just put up a photo. If you listen to this on podcast, obviously you won't, you'll be able to see the photo. Uh, but I've, put, I've just put up a photo of a dog costume. So this is a costume for your dog. That is the jumpsuit that Ilnam wears. So number one uh, is the costume that he wears. And it's a dog costume of that I think it's the cutest thing ever, and I'm probably I mean I, I would say that I would get one. My dogs don't dress up for Halloween, but if I if I dressed my dogs up, that is something that I would definitely get. And I'm not gonna lie as well, I bought one of them costumes, not one of the jumpsuit costumes, not for the dog, uh, but I bought one of the costumes from Squid, uh, Squid Game for Halloween this year. And I know that I'm gonna end up like either going out or whatever, and there's going to be like a hundred and odd people all dressed up as the same thing, but I don't care. It was really good. And I bought the costume. So nah, 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 essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly as well, what I wanted to say is we are heading into uh, Halloween. Uh, Halloween week is next week. And you may hear some extra episodes of Spill It going live for Spill It's Midnight Society, which is essentially some spooky stories read for by some absolutely fabulous people, and they will be airing throughout the week of Halloween. It's going to be so cool. Uh, they've worked really, really hard on these, and we've edited them together. We've worked, we've collaborated. We've edited them together. They look and sound fab. Make sure that you keep an eye out for those. Obviously, I'll be posting them all over. Uh, the Spill It Hub over on Facebook and Instagram, so you will be able to see when they go live and you'll be able to catch them and have a listen and give me some feedback, etc. And also, don't forget as well, I did put up a post over on my Facebook and my Twitter account. Again, for links of the Facebook and the Twitter account, if you wanted to, to join them, uh, just head over to the Spill It website, www.spillit.uk, and you'll be able to find links for uh, the Facebook Hub and the Twitter uh, profile as well for Spill It. But yeah, I put a post up asking for feedback on how you would like to see Spill It go in which di whatever, di whatever direction in 2022. Because we're coming to the end of 2021, weirdly. Uh, this year has flown by. And yeah, I'm looking for ideas for 2022. If you guys have got any ideas, I, I absolutely love hearing your feedback. You guys send me so many emails. Um, this honestly, my inbox is is not full, obviously, but <laughs> my inbox is flooded with comments and emails from you guys, and I absolutely love it. You can email me Marcus at spillit.uk for any advice or any uh recommendations or anything that you guys want to see in 2022 from Spillit, then let me know. And lastly, Spillet will also be taking a break, an early break. Now, normally I do my Spillet season finale in March. However, I'm going to be taking an earlier break this time around, purely to give myself a break. Uh, I, I, I need a nap. <laughs> No, I am actually working on a bunch of other stuff and it'd be really, really cool to have a break at the end of this year just to collect my thoughts and figure out how Spillet is going to move forward. But more of that in the future. We've got another few more weeks until any of that even comes to fruition. So don't worry about that. I'm not going anywhere until the end of the year anyway. So blah, blah, blah. I have talked your ear off on Tea Time, and it is about time that my guest came out and, and talked your ear off 
instead of me. But what did you think about my tea? I absolutely loved my tea. That was tea time. Okay, it's that time. My guest has been patiently waiting in the side, ready to come out and listening to me rabbit on for absolutely ages about spill it stuff and about the squid game. And I'm pretty sure she uh, wants to come out and start talking about the things that she wants to talk about. And I'm sure that you guys will obviously want to hear her story too. Well, it is that time. Here is the lady of the hour. It is... Megan Reynolds. Hello, Megan Reynolds. Hello, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me on. It's great. Nope. <laughs> uh, is, I'm, I'm very happy for you to be here. But before we continue, we're going to do a bit of an icebreaker. Are you all right with that? Yeah. Cool. Well, we are going to play the five-second rule. That's right, it is the five-second rule. This is a game that I play with my guests. All I do is I ask you to name three somethings and you have got five seconds to name those three somethings. Does that make sense? Yep. Brill, are you ready to play them? Yeah. Okay, let's play. Name three gym exercises. Uh, Push-ups. Crunches, sit-ups. Nice. Well within this five seconds there as well. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. Name three alcoholic drinks. Uh, Gin, uh, Ponce Martini and a beer. Nice. Nice. Ponce Martini. I had one of those. I had a Ponce Martini on Saturday night and... I really like porn star martinis, um, but it's not something that you should really mix with other drinks that you're drinking that evening. Let's just yeah, put it that way. Not a good idea. I did bartending a few years ago, and it's just been grilled in my head about all these cocktails. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a fan. <laughs> it's definitely not something I'll be doing again. <laughs> uh, last but not least, name three things you do when no one is looking. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Think of anything on that one? No, my mind went blank on that one. No worries. Give give me one thing you do when no one is looking. Sing at the top of my lungs. Just don't care. (laughs) Nice, nice. Sing at the top of my lungs. Don't even care. Well, you scored six out of nine. Well done. That's a admirable score. Well, let's get into it. So we were, we've talked about this offline. We've talked about it online, essentially, as well. And I want to know absolutely everything that there is to do with the scare acting world and that art form. However, before we get into that, people might not know who you are. Because obviously we've had a conversation, but there'll be people out there who don't know who you are. And so for those people, can you just explain who the heck is Megan Reynolds? <laughs> so, obviously, my name's Megan. I'm a third-year paediatric nursing student, but I am also a cosplayer. I've been doing that since 2017, so it's four years now. Crikey. Wow. <laughs> Where's that? I'm gone. And I'm also a scare actor, and I joined the scare industry in 2019, so it's coming up to two years since I joined the industry. And this wow. is my season as a haunt actor over Halloween because obviously last year didn't happen yeah and we are going to get into the uh, issues obviously that the pandemic has has caused for events like this but I mean for you you mentioned that you are a cosplayer and for those people who might not actually know what cosplaying is or is about can you just explain that in a rough thing so there's no one definition of cosplay. It's different for like every person, but the base is you are dressing up as one of your, your favourite character from a movie, TV show, it could be a game, 
And it's just about having fun and embracing that character. It doesn't matter who you are. You can cosplay whoever you want. And it's just a really welcoming community. So it's just lovely. Is there anything specific that you go in line with with your cosplaying? Is it more TV, film, gaming, or is it like a mix? It's a mix. Uh, Gaming-wise, I haven't done anything for that yet, working on it. Uh, TV-wise, I'm working on a couple of Supernatural-themed cosplays. Um, I've got a few Star Trek cosplays upstairs. And movie-wise, I've got Rey from Star Wars. That was the first cosplay that I did myself. So that is my main one that I always bring out at conventions. Nice. I mean, to be fair, for the listeners at home on the podcast, um, I have noticed that you are wearing a Supernatural uh, necklace as well. Yeah, I got that at a Supernatural convention a couple of weeks back. It was my first con in almost two years, and it was just so good to be back. And I ended up throwing together a Crowley-themed cosplay from my closet the night before the con. So oh, that, wow. was a bit, that was a bit chaotic because I didn't know I was going until the Thursday night. So it was a bit crazy, but we got there. What was it like being uh, being part of, like, well, going to a con again after all this time of not being able to do anything, like, event-wise? It was so good. And, like, I have to do this again. I've literally promoted these guys so much. Staff, Yuri, Sean, the organisers are just absolutely incredible. The fact that they managed to pull off this event after a pandemic and they all made they made us feel safe I never felt unsafe at any point and it was just so good to be back with the friends that I've made at conventions that I haven't seen for two years maybe three years sometimes but it was just so much fun I haven't laughed that much for a very long time so it was just it was really good that's so cool I've not been to a comic-con yet and I say I I'm definitely doing one I'm definitely going to go to one uh, I was actually going to be going to a Comic-Con in Edinburgh uh, yeah. in, this, no, in October. Yeah, so it was going to be like, I think it was like last, it would have been last weekend, but it got cancelled because of uh, the restrictions that are obviously still up in Scotland. Um, and I was going to go... Uh, yeah, I was going to go. I was going to, it was going to be my first one. I was going to absolutely love it. But unfortunately, they, they cancelled it. Uh, but there is another one that I'm going to hopefully go to in December uh, in Manchester, which is, which is quite nice. exciting. Now, I did, prov- like, I did go to like the night before a Comic Con. So Preston Comic Con is, uh, is, a, is a thing. And a few years ago, a friend of mine got a golden ticket. Which meant that the night before you get to you had you could go to the hotel conference room where in the hotel the the guests were also there like the yeah the the, the guests and we uh, we had a meal with them all and I was like looking over and I was like oh my god that's that's, that's such a such a person oh my god that's such such a person I was sat next to the guy Steve I can't remember his surname now and I feel really bad uh, but it was the guy who played the Red Power Ranger. So I was sat next to him and then I was sat next to, uh, on the other side, I was sat next to a woman who was in Doctor Who. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is completely mad. And then, and then the best person arrived and it was the only person that I wanted to see. And it was Mr. Xander Harris from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Nick, Mr. Nick Brendan. He uh, he was there and we and he bought me a shop and we had a shop of a, a yeah, we had a Jägermeister each, and then we went outside the hotel. It was the Holiday Inn in Preston. We went outside and we had a chat, and he was like, "You know, tell me, like, you know, what what did you love? What did you like about Buffy?" And I was like, "As if you're asking me what I liked about Buffy." And, and at that point, I was like, "I really want to go to a con," and it's oh, just it's just yeah. been unfortunate that I've not been able to go to one. And yeah, it's it's great to hear your experience and that the, the, the yeah. cons are making a comeback as well. They certainly are. London Film and Comic Cons this weekend. Wow. Gutted that I can't go because Tom Hiddleston, Sophie DiMartino, basically all the main cast of Loki are going to be there. And I'm just like... Oh, no. So what? which which one have you got next? Oh, gosh, that's a good point. Uh, it's Destination Star Trek in November, 12th to the 14th of November, and then London Film and Comic Con the weekend after. Nice, nice. How excited are you? Very. 
<laughs> very, very excited. It'll be good. It'll be good. And as I say, it's it's good to see that cons are back and that people can because it is a community as well, isn't it? Essentially. It definitely and, is. As you said, you you made like some of you like some friends, and it was good to get people yeah. back together again. And I've made about five or six friends from the Supernatural Con, just going and interacting with the fans and even just casually chatting to some of the celebs in the bar. That was just surreal. And you're standing outside with Mark Shepard, who played Crowley, just wow. as he was having, having a chat. And I'm just like, what is this life? What is going on here? <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. It was just so much fun. And they were all so down to earth. And it was just really close-knit event. And it was just lovely. That's so cool. Then let's move on to scare acting because that's what we're here to talk about today. We're not, you know, we we would uh, you, anybody that's listening at home could mistake this episode for uh, just talking about comic cons, uh, but we are actually here to talk about scare acting, the scare industry, and more. Now, how did you get into scare acting? Is it something that you have trained to do? Is it you know, did you do performing arts when you were at? school slash college etc how did you get into it all where did it begin so initially when I was about eight or nine I joined a musical theatre group so I would do a full musical every single year in a professional theatre and I absolutely loved that but then I turned 18 and I was going to college and I couldn't carry it on but I was still helping out backstage and it actually turned out to be at a comic con Walker Stalker 2019 the last one they did in London and Walkstalk is a Walking Dead convention for anyone that doesn't know. So it was all horror and there was a scare maze. So wow. me and my mum went through. There were zombies roaming about, scaring the crap out of everybody outside the maze and in the maze, getting chased out by a chainsaw and things like that. And then just interacting with the actors made me think, hang on a minute. That sounds like a really fun job. Like, why couldn't I do that? And I actually had a chat to one of the guys and he was like, honestly just keep applying for this sort of thing just keep going and like just keep trying and you'll get it and I was like right that summer I saw an advert on Facebook for Warsaw Scare Maze and I thought it's really local to me let's give it a go so I just applied not thinking anything of it a couple of days later I got a phone call from one of the managers saying do you want to come in for an interview and I'm like sure and then a week and a half a week and a bit later I got the call saying I got the job Wow. What was that feeling like? I was just sitting in, in the car and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it was kind of like shock. Because at the end of my of my interview, it was more like an audition process. Mm-hmm. I was happy with how I did, but I wasn't sure if I was going to get it. Right. I saw so many other people that were really, really good and really strong. And because I didn't know how many people they were going to bring on, I thought, oh, I don't know if I'll going to get this but then I got the call to say I got it and most of the people that auditioned actually did get it as well so all of us kind of became a close-knit group but again as soon as I was in, welcomed into the group it was just a family and it was just surreal absolutely surreal when I found out I was like really <laughs> that's so cool can you explain what the because you said it was like an audition can you explain what the audition process would was like so I got there and this scare maze is actually at the back of a bar and club in Warsaw. So we use the outdoor area for some improv exercises, movement exercises, vocal warm-ups, things like that, just to see how we react, how we would react in like different scenarios. And it was really good to like see what I could do. And then we had to come up with a scenario based off certain things. So we did that and then we were like, there were like any questions, we asked some questions and then that was it. So it was mainly to do with like improv and how you can do stuff under pressure. Because when you're in a scare maze, you've got to think on your feet and create new scares. Because if you do it over, the same thing over and over again, it gets a bit tedious and you don't know how the guests are going to react. So you've got to be prepared for anything. So that was mm. really useful. That sounds crazy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm really good at improv, but I don't know if I'd be how good I would be doing improv in like a scary setting, if you will. I don't know how I would how I, I don't know how I would be in a in a improv environment trying to scare but be remaining in character. 
I think yeah. that was all his thing. I was always a case of like always dropping out of character. I, th- I find it hard to stay ca- in character. Yeah. So with that in mind, how do you stay in character for so long? <laughs> with our mates, it's kind of like the groups come through and you get a little bit of a break. So it's not like the constant line, like you see in Halloween Horror Nights, where it's the one constant conga line. Because in our maze in 2019, we had different set scenes, so we couldn't exactly have a one big conga line going through, because otherwise it wouldn't make any sense. So in between the groups, you have you had a minute to just like take a breath and relax and like just calm down a bit, because sometimes groups can be unpredictable. You don't know how they're going to react. And with that, it's very difficult to stay in character sometimes because because sometimes they could scream so loud and have the funniest reaction to your scares and you have to be like don't laugh you have to try and not laugh and keep scaring the group until they're gone but then again some groups may not react in that way mm-hmm. like there is a risk of like fight or flight scenario there is that risk so you've got to take I've got to try and take that into account and just assess it as I go. But it is difficult. I, I did find it difficult at first staying in character because I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Like getting thrown into this environment thinking, um, I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But as the season went on, picking things up and then getting used to it. That, to be fair, what you've said there really does bring me on to my next question, which there are three people who have basically asked the same question, but in different (laughs) ways. And I'm going to ask the the one that Leela has asked, because I think she's worded it better. Take take note, ladies, whoever dropped this comment. Uh, But yeah, uh, Leela has asked, have you had any adverse reactions? And to which Carolyn has also asked, are you not scared of being hit when you scare someone? So those two are quite linked together. So I wanted to ask them as like a brief overview. Have you had adverse reactions? And are you actually, when you are in that situation, are you scared that you are going to have that type of reaction? So usually... Yes, we have had a few adverse reactions. I've I've jumped out at someone and they've jumped backwards and kicked their legs out. I've had someone like back at me in the face accidentally because sometimes it's like a whoa jerk reaction and they, they didn't mean it, but sometimes they do it just because. And that's the frustrating one, but it's unavoidable sometimes. But with regards to being afraid of being hit, usually we can hear the groups coming through so we can judge what the group's going to be like before they get to us. Because then we can think, right, it sounds like there might be a bit of a problem, so tone it back a bit. But then if they come in and they seem fine, but then they start acting a bit funny, we'll change tactics as we're going around. Because it's all about just reading the person and seeing, like, right, how are they reacting to this? How are they reacting to that? And just making sure you don't back yourself into a corner because then you might be in a bit of trouble. But... I've never actually touch wood been full on hit mm-hmm. yet. I've had an elbow to the face on Halloween two years ago, but that's not nearly as bad as it could be. So I count myself lucky. I mean, it, you're you're right, aren't you? It's a case of being able to read people, but I suppose you're right as well. Like you you can hear them, and like thinking about those scare events whether they be like the the like the conga line of people walking through as you said before or even with the the maze aspect like that you that you're talking about you can still hear them so you can hear their reactions to the other scare actors and then you can then quickly adjust what you're going to do to suit yeah. that person and whether that be a little like going a little bit further because you you know you you know that they can handle it or maybe just toning it down a little bit because they are genuinely that scared i do i do quite i, I quite like that i quite like the fact that you that you can quickly think on your feet so yeah yeah it's cool that it's cool so where where did it go from there you started the scare acting so you did this audition you got the job uh, you've talked about a couple of like little little things that have happened. Like, where did it go from there? So after I got the job, I started helping out at the maze, like with the building aspect and getting the whole maze ready. And it was actually really interesting to see it from 
that side and actually watch it come together and being built. And then the season started and it was getting used to all the different roles. And Halloween actually went really, really well, like absolutely great. And then we also had a Christmas maze, which was wow. more, which was less story oriented and more jump scare the crap out of the customers, which was really fun because it was less stress on thinking, right, what have I got to say? It's just more about going absolutely bananas and scaring the crap out of them. <laughs> and it was during that Christmas maze season that I started getting in with the process of going to work for Zombie Infection, which is the other company I work for. And on one of the nights where we were going to do an extreme maze for ScareCon and ScareTour's Christmas party, I did my trial shift with Zombie Infection that morning, and that was so much fun. We did it in a courthouse in West Bromwich. Amazing venue, absolutely amazing. And we sadly did lose that venue last year. But having that venue, just the atmosphere just made that place because it was haunted for sure. And as soon as I'd done that, I went straight to the maze and did a very long night of scaring. It was the normal night and extreme night, and I didn't get into the about four o'clock in the morning. So, dangerous wow. life of a scare actor. And then, a few weeks after the uh, Christmas season finished, I got a message from one of the managers that said, oh, "I was saying, do you still want to work for us?" And I was like, "Yes." And they were like, "Do you want to come down on this day for another shift?" And I'm like, "Of course, let's do it." <laughs> and then, flash for two years, and I'm still there scaring the crap out of people to this day. <laughs> uh, so zombie infection is the other one that you work for can you so two questions that i've got with regards to zombie infection number one what is zombie infection and why is it different to the the scare acting that you've done or, or, or you did on the first one and question number two what was the audition process for that one so zombie infection is the uk's largest immersive zombie experience company we have six sites up and down the country that have two hour events some are 75 minutes and we've even got a five hour overnight special so we have these events that are run pretty much every weekend all across the country and each one connects in a wider story so the way we describe it is think marvel but zombies right so you could play do each chapter out of order or in order, however you'd like to. And what makes it different to a scare maze is that it's free roam of the site. So instead of following a linear path, you'd be going to one place, doing something, then just going all over the buildings. So oh, wow. one of the building, we've got the Magna Science Adventure Centre in Sheffield. Mm -hmm. So we take that over when they're closing over the evening. We've also got a forest in Nottingham. That one is really cool because it's literally <laughs> like going around the forest, scary as anything. York Dungeons, we've got a leisure centre complex in Basingstoke. We've got an old courthouse in Manchester. And my personal favourite, the Shepton Mallet Prison Workshop down in Somerset. Nice. And that's where we do our five-hour overnight events as well. So. Oh, wow. Five-hour five overnight, did you say? Yep. And... Um, we get one of the whole prison and the workshop for that one. And it's just amazing. Oh my <laughs> life. Oh, I'm having so many ideas. It's unbelievable. <laughs> How much do I want to do this? How much do I want to do something like that overnight? Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I'm honestly, my head is like now swimming full of ideas and things that I could do and, just to really be part of that. Do these events happen all the way through the year? They do. So that's another difference between the Halloween scare acting and zombie infection. We run throughout the year, but we also do have a Halloween offering this year. So we've got three events running down at Shepton Mallet. We have Locked in a Box, we have Zombie Town, and we also have Turf Wars. Nice. So Turf Wars is an escape room with a difference. Mm -hmm. Zombie Town a 30 minute zombie experience and then we also have locked in a box which is a adventure so we are in a little adventure so it's so cool honestly i'm assuming that there's going to be a locked box somehow somewhere 
I can't give too much away because of course, spoiler. of course. But yeah, it's just so cool. I, it sounds it. I'm gonna honestly, I'm gonna be researching so much because uh, this this is right up my street. I I genuinely <laughs> can't wait. Caroline has dropped a comment. We've done the Nottingham Forest at night, but not with actors uh, scaring us. Um, mm, what is it like at night? Dark, for one. It's of, like, of course, yeah. Walking around Nottingham Forest at night, it's kind of like you've got to put your hands in front of your face because you can't. Sometimes I've been thinking, I'm wearing contact lenses, I can't see a thing. And I'm just like, don't bump into a tree for crying out loud. <laughs> but it, it adds to the atmosphere and it's creepy as heck. It's like one of the creepiest venues we've got. But I think workshop and courthouse are the creepier ones because they're like older buildings haunted for sure. Nice. The haunted yeah. buildings are better. Definitely something I'm going to look into and we will go further into how other people can check things out as well later on. Let's bring the conversation back to the scare acting aspect. Now, obviously you said that you started this a couple of years ago and unfortunately last year during 2020, and you're starting obviously at the end of 2019, going into 2020, there were the, there was a little something called Miss Rona who decided to descend upon this earth and ruin a lot of events and yeah. gatherings for people across the globe. And of course, events like these had to be cancelled. Can you just explain to the viewers and listeners at home what that was like in a time with so much uncertainty being part of these types of events? So... In March, when the lockdown was first rumoured to be happening, COVID cases were rising, we had to stop events. And it was devastating because I thought, are we going to make it through this? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of costs involved with events. And just thinking about that as well, it was just like, it was a scary time because I'd not long joined the company and I was absolutely loving it. And then to have it ripped away like that, was absolutely heartbreaking and through lockdown we were just keeping an eye on everything and little to no funding from the government didn't help yeah. and a lot of good companies have sadly gone under because of the lack of funding and the impact of the pandemic and when it was it, excuse me uh, when restrictions started easing in the summer we did a slow return to events, which was absolutely awesome. And we were doing all the safety procedures. Everyone was masked. We were all being tested. We all kept social distancing. We did everything we could to keep the guests and ourselves as safe as possible. And again, with more lockdowns, there was more uncertainty. Are we going to make it past this lockdown? If there's another one, are we going to make it past that one? And it was just a constant thinking are we going to still have this job at the end of this? And it was horrendous. But we are still here. We are still fighting. And we are back in better than ever. What was it like seeing, being part of, obviously, the... Um this this event or these these companies, obviously, you've been that you've been working for or with? What was it like seeing all of these other companies and all of these other events slowly shutting down one by one. It was really, really upsetting because obviously as the scare industry, it's like another family and we all like look out for each other. We all support each other. We've got an annual industry awards that happen once a year. That's had to be postponed twice because of COVID. It's happened over Zoom. It's not been the same, but at least it still went ahead because we could all come together in a way. But seeing so many good events go was just heartbreaking because they worked so hard to get where they got. And then it was just taken away from them in the blink of an eye. It is such a shame. And, and I do hope that these companies who held these types of events will somehow come back in the future. I know that there'll be so much loss, like, like not just, not just financial loss as well. Like, 
it will it will take a lot from someone mentally and physically and of course financially as well but i do hope that these event companies who have unfortunately closed down due to the government's lack of funding the arts um i hope that they do make a return or like in some way or another whether that be that they join onto another company for now or whatever it's we need to see more events like this it's just it's the adrenaline it's the it's and getting people together and obviously not just for the people who attend like the attendees but for yourselves the people who work there it's it's your as you quite rightly said it's your time to really find your own community find your own friends and and really push through these these feelings and thoughts and and get together to a point where you know you can all have this big scare scary family if you will we call, at, at ZI, we call ourselves like an undead family. And oh, throughout wow. the time, we were checking up on each other. We had like group chats going and we were playing these silly games just to pass the time. And it was just really good to have that contact because if I'm honest, without the ZI family, I don't know where I'd be right now without them because lockdown was really tough. And just having them as a bit of a crutch and having stuff to do like gaming streams and just like, quizzes, podcasting, things like that. It was just something to just keep me going, and it was just really, really helpful. With regards to the government, I mean, we, we talked about it a few times, uh, not just on this episode, but we talked about it on previous episodes throughout the pandemic. Um, what was it like to not get the recognition, to not get the funding, to not be listened to from the government when it came to the arts? It was really, really frustrating because I don't think the government realised the arts is one of the biggest funders in the UK. Like, we've got the theatres, we've got us, and obviously it was so frustrating, especially when Rishi Sunak openly said people in the arts should retrain as it's not a viable career. It's like, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is just as much a career as your career is. Like, you can see all these people on the West End and Broadway and in theatres just working so, so hard. And, again, it's just we are, we weren't getting that recognition. And I was writing to my local MP, and she was absolutely lovely. Like, she took the time to write back to me. She forwarded my concerns to Parliament, and then she sent the letter that she got to me so I would know and get the recognition that they've seen it they've heard me and I just wish that we had more MPs like my MP to be honest because I think we would have been listened to a lot sooner yeah there's we talked about it before we we, I've done quite a few of different episodes specifically around the arts uh, specifically in, in at the time when there was a lot of uncertainty and it was a case of all the propaganda was going around like retrain and you know the, the the art you know if you are part of the art industry maybe retrain yourself and and get a job elsewhere and i'd say i did i did quite a few episodes talking about the art industry and why it's so important and the arts it are everywhere they everywhere things you know we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for the art industry and during those episodes obviously we talked about how people can support the art industry at that time now the art your scare art industry or the scare industry as, as a whole it's obviously with the zombie infection thing that's a yearly round thing however there's other um other ones that are basically seasonal let, let's be honest so there'll be a lot more that will pop up around this time of year when it's scary it's scary season uh you know for those who, who obviously know me it's my favorite time of year uh but yeah it's it's scare season and i absolutely love it so there'll be there'll be those events that will only pop up around this time of year and i'm just wondering what people can do to help support these events to help support these companies that are popping up that are trying to survive and come back from what has been a terrible 2020 and you know most of 2021 yeah so 
First off, there's a events group called We Make Events, and they have been actively campaigning since last year to get more recognition for the arts. So I've been backing them, sharing their stuff, and just trying to get them out there just so more people know about them. And with regards to support, if you know of a local scare maze or you know of a screen park that's near you, sharing their content, putting a love on their Facebook posts, that goes a long way with boosting the algorithm and getting their content out to more people. So even if it's just that, that is enough. And if you are able to visit the attractions, that helps as well. Putting in reviews if you've been there, just promoting it to other people's. It's mainly about getting the word out because the more people that know, the more people can like support it and bring more people into the, the circle. So I've literally been promoting scare maze, zombie infection, like crazy. Like any posts, I've been liking them and sharing them and just making sure that if anyone is interested in scare, scare industry or scare acting, I'm just like, oh, this is a door, this is a way you can get into it and like just trying to promote it as much as I can. And as well as other events, I've been trying to promote their content as well. And over lockdown, me and a few of the ZI crew started a podcast called Picking Reigns, and we interviewed people from the scare industry. So wow. people who, who run events or have events coming out or people who are like reviewers, we had them on the show just to talk about their experiences, their events, and just to promote them. Because obviously we were thinking when we come out of COVID, we're all going to need the most support that we can. So if mm-hmm. even if one episode helped a little bit, that will just go a long way and we'll be happy. So, yeah. I talk about algorithms quite a lot and uh, specifically in this show because and I, I said at the top, I say it at the, at the beginning of every episode, the reason that I ask for the likes, the shares and the comments is because of the algorithms and that's how algorithms work. And so for those people who, who are listening at home, you know, the reason that people talk about liking something, sharing something and commenting is purely because of the fact that is to have that visibility. If you like and you comment and you share and you interact with a post that you see on Facebook or whatever, it the more people that do that, the more that Facebook or YouTube or or wherever that you see these posts, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you want to look, the more that you interact with these, the more they push them out to more people because they think this is content that people are interacting with. Let's get more people interacting with it. And that's how algorithms work, which is why, for example, guys, I say at the top of every episode, like, share, comment, because it pushes it up on the algorithms. And, you know, it's about support and you don't necessarily need, as you quite rightly said, it's not a case of I have to dip in my pocket and I have to spend money. Sometimes just liking, commenting, and sharing helps. Sometimes just leaving a review helps. Sometimes just speaking to people, word of mouth, helps. You don't always have to dip your money into your pocket. You know, you as you quite rightly said, you don't have to go to one of these scare events if you want to support. You could just search for it, or you could just share people. You could just share it. You, you could go on the website and have a read of it and just go, oh, you know what? This looks really, really cool. Let me share the link on my Facebook. And that's how you get more people into these communities. That's how you get the word out there. And that's how these places, events, and everything else grows. That's how it works. You know, just these little things that you can do that take literally seconds out of your day to complete. Like, that could mean the world to... streams to events to people to whatever whatever you want whatever you want to put your support into these little things that take you two seconds to do it helps it could literally make all the difference just that one share could get it to the right person and then that'll be it you'll be good exactly exactly is there anything that we haven't discussed that you would like the opportunity to discuss now um so i know that we said in regards to socials and promotional stuff um mm-hmm. Warsaw scare maze we are open for a select few dates still in october into november so we are open from thursday to sunday this week if i remember correctly and then obviously halloween time will be open pretty much the same hours then we are open the last the first weekend of november and there are still tickets so pre-booking a 
and there's also like the Facebook. So Warsaw Scare Maze on Facebook. You can go straight to the web ticket link. And Zombie Infection, it's just if you search Zombie Infection on Facebook and then it's Official Zombie Infection on Instagram and our tickets for events at the end of 2021 into 2022 are still available. There are discounts for like groups. If you want to do corporate, stag do, hen do, anything like that, we can sort you out with that. And for our Halloween experiences, which is very, very exciting for all of us, like they've been working there absolute backsides off and i'm so proud of them all because honestly it's absolutely incredible what they managed to pull off uh so tickets are still available and for one ticket you'll get to go into all three experiences so it's really good value for money and there's packages as well so if you go to www.zombieinfection.co.uk you'll be able to find all the information about our events and up to date on our social medias as well so yeah it's spooky season it is. It's spooky season. Get yourself a scare. I want to ask before we uh, before we start wrapping up uh, today's show. Do you like? Do you get a kick out of the adrenaline of scaring people? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I do. I do. I love scaring people so much because, like, when you get a really, really good scare and their reaction is just priceless, it stays with you. I've got memories from two years ago when I was doing zombie infection, when I was doing my first ever scare maze that I still remember because it was so funny. Like I've still got those memories because it's just absolutely perfect. And it's a good like release as well. Good stress release. So if you've had a stressful day, you're like, Oh my God, just getting the scare maze. And you're like, right, just get it all out now. Lay out your frustrations and you're going to be fine. It's, a bit of an odd sort of therapy for me, and I think some of the some of the other scare actors might agree. It is kind of a therapy for us. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we all need it. I mean, I I love horror. I love scare. I love anything that like gets my heart racing. Where I'm thinking, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like I'll play. I'll play really scary games because I like that adrenaline rush that. You know, so there's a game that I'll play, for example, the game's called Dead by Daylight. It's a game that, yeah. uh, yes, you're a survivor. So I'm always the survivor. I, I, I love, like, I, no, don't get me wrong, I, I do play Killer every now and again. Uh, so for anybody that doesn't know what Dead by Daylight is, it's on um, Xbox, uh, PlayStation. Uh, it's on all consoles and obviously uh, your PCs as well. And it's a 4v1. So there's four survivors and one killer. And the four survivors, the task is, is that you've got to run around this big sam, uh, this big map, and you've got to fix some generators to get out. So you've got to fix these generators to power up the, the exit gate to run out. So there's five generators across this whole map, and the killer's job is to find the survivors and hook them, and, you know, and kill them essentially. Um, and I've been playing that game for so long, and I play Survivor because I love the adrenaline of when the killer finds me and to start running and to try and escape and all that. I absolutely love it. There's another game that I'm playing called Little Nightmares at the minute. I've heard of that one. I've seen oh, it. Oh, my life. It is so, so cool. This, uh, this, uh, today's podcast is not endorsed by Little Nightmares or not anything to do with <laughs> it is not, not sponsored. sponsored. <laughs> it is not sponsored by uh, by Little Nightmares whatsoever. Uh, however, it is an amazing. What an amazing game! Uh, if you've not played it, please play it because it's so cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it gets my, my heart. It gets my heart going. Like I'll be playing I'm it. I'm like, games first. I've got Resident Evil to finish. <laughs> I've got. Resident Evil 2, the remake, and Resident Evil 3, the remake. So I played the Resident 2 remake on stream because Zombie Infection's also got a Twitch channel. We've done, like, we mainly focus on, like, horror games and things yeah. like that. And I played Resi 2 a while back now and managed to finish it. I took two hours to finish the final boss battle. Wow. <laughs> it took me nearly two and a half, going on three hours to finish that boss battle. I nearly rage quit, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But yeah, I I get a kick out of being chased, be, having that adrenaline there. So I can't imagine what the adrenaline would be like to scare mm-hmm. people. I, I, um, yeah. The adrenaline rush when you are being chased by a horde of zombies 
at one of our events is probably one of those that you'd never forget. Yeah, which is why I'm like, after this show, I'm going on the website, I'm booking tickets. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, do it. Oh my goodness. Do it, do it, do it. Because honestly, it's so good. Uh, I would, I don't know if I'd recommend all of our events, but if you want to play in order, that's good. But you can, as I said, you can play them out of order or do them out of order, sorry. But the workshop in Somerset is my personal favorite because it's towards the end of our story. Well, it's the last chapter in our story for now. So that is my personal favourite for the story and the venue. It's just so creepy in that venue because I know for a fact that it's haunted. Because mm-hmm. obviously well, Shepton Island Prison is notorious and I've actually seen paranormal activity in that place. So Ah, sweet. <laughs> I love it. It's definitely something that I'll, uh, I'll be looking into. Uh, maybe get a few people down and uh, and participate in this big group event. Now, if other people wanted to check out the work that you do, uh, where can people find the the work that you do and others? Obviously, we talked about social medias. Obviously, you, you've gone through all of those, but there's there's two websites that people can have a look at as well. Uh, number one, obviously, yeah. that you mentioned before, which is www.zombieinfection.co.uk. And what's the other one? It's the Warsaw Scare Maze website. Uh, you pop it on the screen. I can't remember it exactly, but we also have a Facebook and we also have the Turf Wars website. So going into Turf Wars, that is a escape room with a difference. So you will have 60 minutes to cross a grid and find the puzzle crates and solve them. But a hunter of your choosing will be fu- trying to find you the whole time. A hunter so not, of your choosing. So you are not alone. You get to choose what hunter you go up against. Each one will have different strengths. And this is all on the website. And you get to choose your hunter and they will pursue you and try and find you and attempt to capture you for the entire 60 minutes. Wow. That sounds yeah. interesting, especially the yeah. escape room side of things as well. Hmm. I, I, I have a sneaky suspicion that next month, I'm going to be skinned because I'm going to be buying <laughs> tickets to lots of events. Uh, amazing. A- amazing. Love it. Yeah. And Turf Wars is included in the uh, zom- in the Halloween experience. So Turf Wars, you'll get the Zombie Town, which is a miniature zombie experience. And obviously uh, Locked in a Box, which is a very special adventure that is pirate themed. So cool. Amazing. Love it. And all of that is on our social medias as well. So I'm not spoiling anything. Don't worry. Honestly. No. That is brilliant. With uh, anybody who is listening to this on podcast, make sure that you check the show notes for all of the links that we have mentioned in today's show and also for the social media links as well and how you can get involved, including uh, the uh, the help, uh, how to help the arts further too. So that just about takes us to the end of today's show. Have you Have you enjoyed yourself? Oh, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me on. No worries. And this isn't going to be, I'm not going to give away too much, but this isn't going to be the last time that people hear from you, is it? No. (laughs) I wonder what that could mean, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder what that could mean. We yeah the the yeah there's um this definitely will not be the last time that we hear from you, Megan. Now. Just before we say our goodbyes, have you got some final thoughts for people today? Um, well, first off, thank you for listening. Honestly, just being able to promote the scare industry and like raise more awareness of it is just a brilliant opportunity. And if you are someone that would be interested in getting to know more about the industry, just have a look on your local area, see if there's any local screen parks. And if you really would like to go, just book a ticket. Honestly, it's a great experience. I've done it myself a few times. It's really good fun. And honestly, just being able to support the arts in any way you can. And like we said, just by liking, sharing, commenting, just every little bit helps. So just thank you. Thank you. And just please support the arts because we really need help right now. And if anybody's listening at home or watching this um, tonight or whenever they're watching it, if they wanted to be involved uh, because they fancy themselves to be, you know, a little scarer, um, how, how, you know, what, what can they do to, to look at getting involved? 
So every in every haunt will have a different process of applications and auditions, and they'll all start at different times of the year. So if you know there is a scare maze or a screen park near you, so I'm going to use Tully's Shocktoberfest as an example. If you know you live near there or any of the other screen parks or scare mazes in the country, just go on their website and contact them. And they may they may put out auditions and casting calls in the summer because that's usually when everyone starts recruiting. So they've got enough time to recruit everybody, train them, get the mazes finished. So just keep an eye out on all the social medias. And there are also a couple of Facebook groups, so Scare Actor casting calls. So I can send those over to Marcus so we can put them in the show notes so you can join them. And then all the adverts will get posted there. And then you can think, oh, that one's close to me, or, oh, I might have a go at that one. And then you can just have a look and just get involved and get some advice from people in the scare industry as well. Amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely put those into the show notes as well. So anybody that might want to get in, fancy themselves a little bit of a scarer and get, in, and get involved, then, yeah, join us. Come and join us. Join, join us. us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, at the end of every show, I give my guests the opportunity to give a quote. Now, it could be something that they stand by, live by. It could be something that they've heard that they just really like. Or it could be something that they've made up and they think, you know what, this is how I want to live my life. And I'm just wondering if you've got a special little quote for my viewers and listeners today. So I do. And when I was asked this question, I immediately knew the answer. And it's a Star Trek quote. Typical Trekkie, not going to lie. Um, this quote's from Star Trek Discovery and Captain Christopher Pike. It is, be bold, be brave, and be courageous. So when I heard that, it just resonated with me that when in my life, sometimes I'm a little bit unsure about things, and I'm just like, hang on a second. Why am I caring about this, that, the other? I'm just going to do this. I've just got to make that leap, and I'll see where it takes me. So just being bold and brave and it's just about living your life to the full and just taking those risks because you never know what will happen. I love that. I absolutely love that. And it does resonate with last week's episode where we were talking about getting out of your comfort zone and what you've just said there really echoes with that as well, that, you know, sometimes you just need to get out of that comfort zone. What is the point in, you know, holding back, like holding yourself back, just jump in be bold, be brave and be courageous because something beautiful might happen at the end of it. So yeah, I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. No, thank you. Now you are free to say your goodbyes. Oh, thank you again so much for having me and thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you very soon. Thank you. We will definitely see you soon. See you soon. (laughs) Bye guys. (laughs) Bye. Wow, what a great episode. Oh my God, what I absolutely love it. And I cannot wait for you guys to see what is next, uh, what is coming up next with obviously Megan and the Spillage Universe. I want to say the Spillage Universe. Why not? That was in my head. The Spillage Universe. We'll go all Marvel. We'll go all Marvel cinematic. Uh, yeah, so I can't wait to, to for you to see what Megan is getting up to next. Oh, right here on Spillage. Next week, I have got a good episode for you, actually. So we are going to be talking about cheerleading in the UK. So I am going to be joined by uh, Marie Taylor, who will be joining us and talking about cheerleading. We all know what it is, you know. We've seen films on it. Bring it on, for example, which is why the episode's called Bring It On. Um, <laughs> but the uh, but the episode we're going to be talking about uh, cheerleading in the UK is an art form that is on the rise, and Marie wants us wants to come onto the Spillage Show to talk about it. And I can't wait for her to spill it all with me next week. My name is Marcus Wright. When I don't do this, I run a life coaching business, telling people how to stand out of their own way teaching them the ways that they can be a better version of themselves and how to hush that little inner voice that they have got in their heads that tell them they are not good enough. Imposter syndrome is real. It's a real thing. And it does affect a huge amount of people right here in the UK 
and especially in Lancashire, where I am best. And so I have set up MW Coaching as a way to help those people who are standing in their own way and want to find who they truly are. In the Spillet website, for those who don't know, is www.spillet.uk. If you head over there, you can see all of the information about Spillet, as in the live shows of Spillet. You'll also be able to see everything that I do with MW Coaching, and you'll also be able to see everything. Eventually, you'll be able to see everything upcoming with the little bit of Positivities events. To get in touch with me, to you know, be involved in a little bit of positivity, to be involved in the show, to just give me a little bit of a holler, to let me know what you guys have been up to, let me know what you think of the episodes or whatever, you can contact me. The best way to do that is on my email. You can email me at marcus at spillit.uk. You can also catch me on all social medias. All you have to do is search for spillit underscore Marcus. You can use that to find me on Instagram, on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and more. Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram as well. Yeah. So just search for Spillit underscore Marcus on, on, on your social medias, and you'll be able to find me. If you Google Spillit underscore Marcus, I pop up on your newsfeed with like 100 different pages. I love it. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit famous. <laughs> oh, my God, if I actually thought that, that's hilarious. <laughs> you can catch me on all social medias, all you have to do is just search for spill it underscore Marcus. Even if you pop that into Google, you'll still be able to see little old me and some little photos as well. You'll be able to catch all of the social medias just by searching for it. Give it a go. See what, see what pops up. Drop me a message. Why not? Drop me a follow. Why not? There are different ways as well that you can support the show and the work that I do. You can you can join the Patreon. The Patreon's available for you to join on to. It's literally just £2 per month. If you're wanting to support me financially, then you can do. It's just £2 per month over on Patreon. You'll be able to get access to other episodes. You'll be able to see as well all of the upcoming guests. And also, you'll be able to get little one-to-ones with my guests as well. If there's a specific guest that you're wanting to have a one-to-one with, we can set that up over on Patreon. So the community there is growing. All you have to do is head over to the website, click on become an official supporter, and you'll be able to join the official Patreon for literally just £2 per month. You can also just leave a review as well. If you're listening to this on podcasts or you're watching this over on Facebook, you can leave a review. They always help. And you don't always have to just do any of that. You could just, you know, Feel the love within your heart for the work that I do. I feel it. It's like a little tinkerbell that flies around. And I'm like, oh, there we go. That person likes what I do. (laughs) Anyway, enough from me. That was this episode. Make sure that you join us next week. And until we spill it again, it is bye for now. (laughs) 